Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance! Hello, everybody. Today, let's talk about them cheap bastards. You know those people that are just freaking cheap? Is there a difference between just being cheap and frugal? You know, it's like, oh, I'm not cheap, I'm frugal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, frugal implying that they're economical, that they are prudent. Yes, they are prudent in their expenditures. They don't spend money on frivolous items. No, no, no. They save their money for a rainy day. As if you want to go out on a rainy day. And since no one really has to go out to buy anything anymore, what with your, uh, your Amazons, I'm not sure what that all means. My grandfather was notoriously cheap. He purchased... That's right, the least expensive American-made automobile of the 1950s, the 1958 Del Rey. Now, the Del Rey is a uh, car named after a neighborhood in Detroit, which I don't know anything about, and I don't know what it was like back in the late 1950s, but if the car is named after that, and it's the bottom-of-the-barrel car from Chevrolet, I'm guessing that that neighborhood isn't the swankiest. It's not Kenilworth. Kenilworth is a uh, ritzy area in the suburbs of Chicago. Now, this car, if you look at the pecking order of the 1950s of Chevrolets, there was the Bel Air at the top, and then below that, the Impala, and then below that, the Biscayne, and then below that, for one year in 1958, that was the Dell freaking Ray. This car, not only was it the least expensive, but my grandpa, who would spare no expense to spare an expense, said, well, I'm not spending the extra dollar. The extra one dollar says you can unlock the passenger side. You'd have to go through the driver's side, reach all the way across and then unlock it from the inside because he wanted to save the buck. White walls? Uh, no, black walls are fine. The che- um, Vinyl floor mat? How about no floor mat? Did the car come with a radio? He didn't want the radio. Trying to save an extra buck. Now, today, of course, laughably, if somebody owned a 58 Delray all restored, it's probably worth 50 grand. But, you know. When I was in grad school, I had a landlady. This landlady was someone that outdid my grandpa. Oh, yes, she did. For example, one day I came home from the school library and noticed that the oven was on and I wanted to know what was uh, being made because she insisted on cooking. And when I opened up the oven door, she whipped around the corner into the kitchen, all angry like, or she liked to call it puckered. And she really did talk like that. She'd go, oh, God damn it. With her, every R was a W sound. So if you and I would say Fruit Ridge Road, she would say Fruit Ridge Road. I was letting the heat out, was I? Well, what was in there? What kind of uh, 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 delicious uh, meal was being uh, prepared in that oven? Uh, No meal, no food. It was four rolls of toilet paper. Four rolls of toilet paper that she bought at the swap meet. And she also used to go to to buy things like cottage cheese and butter. You think you're a thrill seeker? You think you're somebody that pushes it to the edges, buddy? You haven't lived until you tried some off-brand, unknown, unsealed version of swap meat cottage cheese. What's toilet paper doing in the oven? Well, she says, I had a week, and it was under the sink, and I'm not going to throw out the toilet paper. 
She was literally baking these cheap rolls of toilet paper, one ply, so they would dry out because she wouldn't want to throw them away. The result was like those ballpark franks where they get stripes on one side, or that's the advertisement anyway. She'd put them on, and half of it was brown and wrinkled from where it was wet and then dried, and then there were the ballpark stripes, as it were, on one edge. And then I would take that off and replace it with a roll of toilet paper that was to my liking. And she'd replace it again with the ones that had been in her oven, which started a toilet paper war. She was so cheap that she wouldn't throw anything out either, even when it was completely broken and way, 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 way outlived its usefulness. For example, the dog bowl was an old-style Teflon frying pan. But this old aluminum Teflon-covered frying pan had no Teflon left. It was all bare aluminum on the bottom. And there was no handle because it had broken off years ago. That was the dog bowl. But wait, there's more, as they say. But wait, there's more. She also used to use that to fry hamburgers right on the aluminum with no handle. She didn't see any good reason to spend good money to buy a new frying pan, a new non-stick frying pan. Also, she had a crock pot, and that crock pot was on her super, super cheap turd brown fake wood-colored dinette set. There might have been some good dinette sets at one time, but this is, we're talking way less. It's, it's from poverty, it was already. The Jewish special needs wouldn't even take such a dinette set. On top of the weird faux wood plastic dinette set was a crockpot, and this crockpot was fine as a crockpot, but it also doubled as her planter, because during the spring and summer, she would fill it with dirt and use it as a planter because she saw no reason to spend any money on flower pots. How much could they cost? And she also found no reason to get potting soil. She used to go dig up the dirt and then claim that her dog's, oh my God, her dog's turds were fertilizer and they were in the dirt, in that crock pot. And later, during the winter, she would use it to make things like lentil soup. <coughs> Not to the lentil soup, but to the quack pot. Remember, every RSW, it's a quack pot. One of her prized possessions was located in her bath. And there was a gigantic bottle of Jean Nate after bath splash, which she had gotten as a gift in the 1950s or 60s and never opened because it's expensive and didn't want to use it. And the era that I lived in that house was the mid-1980s. It had been sitting there for 25 years at least, but she didn't want to waste any of it, so the bottle just sat there. Jean Nate after bath splash. Come on, ladies. Talk about cheap. That's like the equivalent of brute bafabose. At one time, I shared an office with a scootsman. And all right, I know the cliche, the guys that got rid of Scott's by because now everyone gets offended about everything. And he spoke Gaelic. And I said, don't you mean Gaelic? And he goes, hey, laddie, thems that don't speak Gaelic call it Gaelic. And there's nay gay about me. This man was a professional. He had graduate degrees. He had a professional office. But guess what? He couldn't stand the fact that people would discard cans and bottles in the dumpster in the alley behind our office building, and it became a thing for him. So 
He was gleeful about this. He would come home, have dinner, then change his clothes and put on a pair of tennis shoes. Now, is this an ordinary pair of tennis shoes? Well, it might have been 10 years ago or 15 years prior, but it was so worn out that he was using duct tape to hold it together because <laughs> the sole had separated from the top part of this cheap tennis shoe. It was a cheap tennis shoe. It was, it was some off-brand something. I don't even know what the brand was. So he'd dive into these dumpsters, and then it spread out from there. There weren't enough cans and bottles in the dumpster behind our office, no. He had to start going all over downtown at night. A man who's a professional during the day and jump into things and fight, you know, with the homeless to get the cans and bottles. And then he would go on Sunday to the recycling place and come back with pride, busting with pride. Er, guess what? My whole this week ended up being $27 and four cents. You can do a lot of $27 and four cents. And I would say, yeah, like put that towards a new pair of tennis shoes. Arnelady. He also had a collection of non-running junker cars that decorated his front and back lawn. And the car that he drove had a broken air conditioner. Now, this is in an area where during August, it's triple digits pretty much the entire month. And there's no air conditioning in his vehicle. And he goes, I don't know what you need air conditioning for. If the Lord meant us to have air conditioner, he wouldn't have given us windows. And it's not a matter of wealth either. Some of the wealthiest people I've known are also the cheapest. There was another man in my office who was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And yet the first day I met him, which happened to be my birthday, he comes into the office, in a uh, Greek fella, he was a lot of fun actually, and he'd go, hey, take a look at my shoes, a man my age that has responsibilities. And he clunk his shoe on my desk and you could see the sole had a hole all the way through it. You could see the bottom of his sock, which also had a hole in it. Then he opened up his wallet and showed me that he had no money in it at all. And talk about, oh my God, you get to my age, you don't have any money, what are you gonna do? And I said, well, gee, and I was just getting to know him at that point. He goes, why don't you buy me lunch? Have pity on me, buy me lunch. He wanted me to buy him freaking lunch on my birthday because he had white hair and was old and claimed he had no money. Later, I saw him drive up in a brand new Cadillac. And I saw that and I said, wait a minute. You just bought a brand new Cadillac? And he said, well, I have to drive something. And I said, you told me you have no money at all. And he goes, well, I don't have any money after I bought the new Caddy. <laughs> he also bought a brand new Caddy for his wife. It turned out he literally owned a gold mine. I'm not kidding you. The assay value of the gold mine was pert near a billion dollars. <laughs> and the old real estate here, there, and everywhere. Yet he was always trying to save money by getting me, a starting out lawyer, to buy him lunch or something, give him a ride so he didn't have to spend any money on gas. One time he wanted me to come over and spend the day helping him do yard work, which would have been all day of physical hard labor with cutting and raking and mowing and edging and carrying and bending and twisting and et cetera, et cetera. And he said, if I did that later on, in the following week, he would buy me a sandwich at Subway and it didn't necessarily have to be only six inches. He'd go all the way to a full-size 12-inch sandwich. He didn't mention a beverage. <laughs> I said, you essentially want to buy me a $4 sandwich 
with no beverage in exchange for probably a 12-hour day of physical labor? And you probably want me to drive you to Subway as well. In fact, you would probably want to stay in the office, have me go pick it up and get something for you on the way. And he goes, well, that's not a bad idea when I think of it. This is a pattern. When I was a kid, it would snow heavily. This is in the Midwest. To make some extra money, my friend and I used to go out and shovel snow off of driveways. There was a neighbor who would gladly pay us to shovel the snow and break through the ice to his driveway, which had a peculiar downturn to it. So it made it difficult to to shovel and clear off. And it also would accumulate ice. And what he wanted to do was pay my friend and I a dime and have us split it. So we each got a nickel. Now, a nickel back in 1970 is worth a lot more in spending power than a nickel today. But seriously? And he'd be like, we didn't have a nickel. If we had a nickel, <laughs> we thought we were wealthy. Ronnie? Well, uh, <clears throat> when I was a lad, I read a book uh, called Nicholas Nickleby. Uh, your story reminds me of it. Uh, it was written by uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, I mean, uh, Charles Darwin, uh, uh, Charles Dickens, yes, yes, that's the man's name. And I, uh, he had to support his uh, family because his uh, uh, poor papa uh, done died. And I believe he was named Nicholas because he uh, had no nickel. And therefore, there was a value in it. Um, one thing I've learned throughout my life is never to be cheap with yourself or your friends or relatives. Don't cheap yourself out of a good life. And with that, rock on.